Exile, Chapter 19, Headaches Approximately 120 illithids resided in and around the stone castle in the long and narrow cavern, and every one of them felt the same searing headache when Gwenhyver dived into the community's central brain. Gwenhyver plowed through the mass of defenseless flesh, the cat's great claws tearing and slashing a path through the gore. The central brain imparted emotions of absolute terror, trying to inspire its servants. Understanding that help would not soon arrive, the thing reverted to pleading with the panther. Gwenhyver's primal ferocity, however, allowed for no mental intrusions. The panther dug on savagely and was buried in spurting slime. Drizzt shouted in outrage and ran all about the walkway, trying to find some way to get at the intruding panther. Drizzt felt his beloved master's anguish keenly and pleaded for somebody, anybody, to do something. Other slaves jumped and cried, and mind flayers ran about in a frenzy. But Gwenhyver was out in the central of the huge mass, beyond the reach of any weapon the mind flayers could use. A few moments later, Drizzt stopped his jumping and shouting. He wondered where and who he was, and what in the nine hells this great, disgusting lump in front of him possibly could be. He looked around the walkway and caught similar confused expressions on the faces of several Dorgard dwarves, another dark elf, two goblins, and a tall and wickedly scarred bugbear. The mind flayer still rushed about, looking for some attack angle on the panther, the primary threat, and paid no heed to the confused slaves. Gwenhyver made a sudden appearance from behind the folds of brain. The cat came up over a fleshy ridge for just a moment, then disappeared back into the gore. Several mind flayers fired their mind blasts at the fleeing target, but Gwenhyver was out of sight too quickly for their energy cones to strike, but not too quickly for Driz to catch a glimpse. Gwenhyver! The drow cried as a multitude of thoughts rushed back into his mind. The last thing he remembered was floating up among the stalactites in a broken corridor, up to where other sinister shapes lurked. An illithid moved right beside the drow too intent on the action within the brain to realize that Drizzt was no longer a slave. Drizzt had no weapons other than his own body, but he hardly cared in that moment of sheer anger. He leaped high into the air behind the unsuspecting monster and kicked his foot into the back of the thing's octopus head. The illithid tumbled forward onto the central brain and bounced along the rubbery folds several times before it could find any hold. All about the walkway, the slaves realized their freedom. The Grey Dwarves banded together immediately and took down two illithids in a wild rush, pummeling the creatures and stomping on them with their heavy boots. Whoop! A blast came from the side, and Driz turned to see the other dark elf reeling from the stunning blow. A mind flare rushed in on the drow and grabbed him in a tight hug. Four tentacles latched onto the doomed dark elf's face, clamping on, then digging into his brain. Driz wanted to go to the drow's aid, but a second illithid moved behind them and took aim. Driz dived to the side as another attack sounded. Foop! He came up running, desperately trying to put more ground between himself and the illithid. The other drow's scream held Driz for a moment, though, and he glanced back over his shoulder. Grotesque, bulging lines crossed up into the drow's face, a visage contorted by more anguish than Driz had ever before witnessed. Drizzt saw the illithid's head jerk, and the tentacles, buried beneath the drow's skin and reaching and sucking at his brain, pulsed and bulged. The doomed drow screamed again one final time 
as he fell limp in the Illithid's arms, and the creature finished its gruesome feast. The scarred bugbear unwittingly saved Drizzt from a similar fate. In its flight, the seven-foot-tall creature crossed right between Drizzt and the pursuing Mind Flayer, just as the Illithid fired again. The blow stunned the bugbear for the moment it took for the Illithid to close in. As the Mind Flayer reached for a supposedly helpless victim, the bugbear swung a huge arm and knocked the pursuer to the stone. More mind flares rushed out onto the balconies overlooking the circular chamber. Drizzt had no idea where his friends might be or how he might escape, but the single door he spotted beside the walkway seemed his only chance. He charged straight at it, but it burst open just before he arrived. Drizzt crashed into the waiting arms of yet another Illithid. If the inside of the stone castle was a tumult of confusion, the outside was chaos. No slaves charged at Zach Nefane now. The wounding of the central brain had freed them from the Mind Flayer's suggestions, and now the goblins, Grey Dwarves, and all the others were more concerned with their own escape. Those closest to the exit rushed out. Others ran about wildly, trying to keep out of range of the continuing Illithid mind blasts. Hardly giving his actions a thought, Zach Nefane whipped across with a sword, taking out a goblin as it ran screaming past. Then the spirit wraith closed in on the creature that had been pursuing the goblin. Walking through yet another stunning blast, Zach Nefane chopped the mind flare down. In the stone castle, Drizzt had regained his identity, and the magical spells imbued upon the spirit wraith honed in on the target's thought patterns. With a guttural growl, Zach Nefane made a straight course toward the castle, leaving a host of dead and wounded, slave and illithid alike, in his wake. Another Rothe bleated out in surprise as it soared through the air. Three of the beasts limped about across the way. A fourth had followed the door guard to the bottom of the chasm. This time, though, Clacker's aim was true, and the small cow-like creature slammed into the lever, throwing it back. At once the enchanted bridge rolled out and secured itself at Clacker's feet. The hook horror scooped up another grey dwarf, just for luck, and started out across the bridge. He was nearly halfway across when the first mind flare appeared, rushing toward the lever. Clacker knew that he couldn't possibly get all the way across before the Illithid disengaged the bridge. He had only one shot. The Grey Dwarf, oblivious to its surroundings, went high into the air above the Hokara's head. Clacker held his throw and continued across, letting the Illithid close in as much as possible. As the Mind Flayer reached a four-fingered hand toward the lever, the Dorgar missile crashed into its chest, throwing it to the stone. Clacker ran for his life. The Illithid recovered and pushed the lever forward. The bridge snapped back, opening the deep chasm. A final leap, just as the metal and stone bridge zipped out from under his feet, sent Clacker crashing into the side of the chasm. He got his arms and shoulders over the lip of the gorge and kept enough wits about him to quickly scramble over the edge. The Illithid pulled back on the lever, and the bridge shot out again, clipping Clacker. The hook horror had moved far enough to the side, though, and Clacker's grip was strong enough to hold against the force of the rushing bridge scraping against his armored chest. The Illithid cursed and pulled the lever back, then rushed to meet the hook horror. Weary and wounded, Clacker had not yet begun to pull himself up when the Illithid arrived. Waves of stunning energy rolled over him. His head drooped, and he slid back several inches before his claws found another hold. 
The Mind Flayer's greed cost it dearly. Instead of a simple blasting and kicking clacker from the ledge, it thought it could make a quick meal of the helpless hook horror's brain. It knelt before clacker, four tentacles diving in eagerly to find an opening in his facial armor. Clacker's dual identities had resisted the illithid blasts out in the tunnels, and now, too, the stunning mental energy had only minimal effect. When the illithid's octopus head appeared right in front of his face, it shocked Clacker back to awareness. A snap of a beak removed two of the probing tentacles, then a desperate lunge of a claw caught the illithid's knee. Bones crushed into dust under the mighty grip, and the illithid cried in agony, both telepathically and in its watery, otherworldly voice. A moment later, its cries faded as it plummeted down the deep chasm. A levitation spell might have saved the falling illithid, but such spellcasting required concentration, and the pain of a torn face and crushed knee delayed such actions. The illithid thought of levitating at the same moment that the point of a stalagmite drove through its backbone. The hammerhand crashed through the door of another stone chest. Damn! Belwar spat, seeing that this one, too, contained nothing more than illithid clothing. The Burrow Warden was certain that his equipment would be nearby, but already half of his former master's room lay in ruin and nothing to show for effort. Belwar moved back into the main chamber and over to the stone seats. Between the two chairs, he spotted the figurine of the panther. He scooped it into a pouch, then squashed the head of the remaining illithid, the astral castaway, with his pickaxe hand almost as an afterthought. In the confusion, the Swerfmeblin had nearly forgotten that one monster remained. Belwar heaved the body away, sending it down into a heap on the floor. Mega Kamara! The Swerfmeblin muttered when he looked back into the stone chair and saw the outline of a trap door where the creature had been sitting. Never putting finesse above efficiency, Belwar's hammer hand quickly reduced the door to rubble, and the burrow warden looked upon the welcome sight of familiar backpacks. Belwar shrugged and followed the course of the logic, swiping across at the other illithid, the one Gwenhyver had decapitated, the headless monster fell away, revealing another trapdoor. The drow shall find need of these, Belwar remarked when he cleared away the chunks of broken stone and lifted out a belt that held two sheathed scimitars. He darted for the exit and met an illithid right in the doorway. More particularly, Belwar's humming hammer hand met the illithid's chest. The monster flew backward, spinning over the balcony's metal railing. Belwar rushed out and charged to the side, having no time to check if the illithid had somehow caught a handhold, and having no time to stay and play in any case. He could hear the commotion below, the mental attacks and the screams, and the continuing growls of a panther that sounded like music to the burrow warden's ears. His arms pinned to his sides by the illithid's unexpectedly powerful hug, Driz could only twist and jerk his head about to slow the tentacle's progress. One found a hold, then another, and began burrowing under the drow's ebony skin. Driz knew little of mind flare anatomy, but it was a bipedal creature, and he allowed himself some assumptions. Wiggling a bit to the side so that he was not directly facing the hard thing, he brought a knee slamming up into the creature's groin. By the sudden loosening of the illithid's grip, and by the way its milky eyes seemed to widen, Drizzt guessed that his assumptions had been correct. His knee slammed up again, then a third time. 
Drizzt heaved with all of his strength and broke free of the weakened Illithid's hug. The stubborn tentacles continued their climb up the sides of Drizzt's face, though, reaching for his brain. Explosions of burning pain racked the Drizzt, and he nearly fainted, his head drooping forward limply. But the hunter would not surrender. When Drizzt looked up again, the fire in his lavender eyes fell upon the Illithid like a damning curse. The hunter grasped the tentacles and tore them out savagely, pulling them straight down to bow the Illithid's head. The monster fired its mind blast, but the angle was wrong, and the energy did nothing to slow the hunter. One hand held tightly to the tentacles, while the other slammed in with the frenzy of a dwarven hammer at a mithril strike on the monster's soft head. Black-blue bruises welled in the fleshy skin. One pupilless eye swelled and closed. A tentacle dug into the drow's wrist. The frantic illithid raked and punched with his arms, but the hunter didn't notice. He pounded away at the head, pounded the creature down to the stone floor. Drizzt tore his arm away from the tentacle's grasp. Then both fists flailed away until the illithid's eyes closed forever. The ring of metal spun the drow around, laying on the floor just a few feet away, was a familiar and welcome sight. Satisfied that the scimitars had landed near his friend, Belwar charged down a stone stairway at the nearest illithid. The monster turned and loosed its blast. Belwar answered with a scream of sheer rage, a scream that partially blocked the stunning effect, and he hurled himself through the air, meeting the waves of energy head-on. Though dazed from the mental assault, the deep gnome crashed into the illithid and they fell over into a second monster that had been rushing up to help. Belwar could hardly find his bearings, and he clearly understood that the jumble of arms and legs all about him were not the limbs of friends. The burrow warden's mithril hands slashed and punched, and he scrambled away along the second balcony in search of another stair. By the time the two wounded illithids recovered enough to respond, the Wildsurf Neblin was long gone. Belwar caught another illithid by surprise, splattering its fleshy head flat against the wall as he came down onto the next level. A dozen other mind flares roamed all about the balcony, though, most of them guarding the two stairways down to the tower's bottom chamber. Belwar took a quick detour by springing up to the top of the middle railing, then dropping the fifteen feet to the floor. A blast of stunning energy rolled over Drizzt as he reached for his weapons. The hunter resisted, though, his thoughts simply too primitive for his sophisticated attack form. In a single movement too quick for his latest adversary to respond to, he snapped one scimitar from its sheath and spun about, slicing the blade at an upward angle. The scimitar buried itself halfway through the pursuing mind flare's head. The hunter knew that the monster was already dead, but he tore out the scimitar and whacked the illithid one more time as it fell, for no particular reason at all. Then the drow was up and running, both blades drawn, one dripping illithid blood and the other hungry for more. Drizzt should have been looking for an escape route. The part that was Drizzt Duarden would have looked, but the hunter wanted more. His hunter self demanded revenge on the brain mass that had enslaved him. A single cry saved the drow then, brought him back from the spiraling depths of his blind, instinctive rage. Drizzt! Belwar shouted, limping over to his friend. Help me, dark elf! My ankle twisted in the fall! All thoughts of revenge suddenly thrown away, Drizzt rushed to his Furfneblin companion's side. Arm in arm, the two friends left the circular chamber. A moment later, 
Gwenhyber, sleek from the blood and gore of the central brain, bounded up to join them. Lead us out, Drizzt begged the panther, and Gwenhyber willingly took up the point position. They ran down winding, rough-hewn corridors. Not made by any Sferfneblin, Belwar was quick to point out, throwing his friend a wink. I believe they were, Drizzt retorted easily, returning the wink. Under the charms of a mind flare, I mean, he quickly added. Never, Belwar insisted. Never the work of a Sferfneblin is this, not even if his mind had been melted away. In spite of their dire peril, the deep gnome managed a belly laugh, and Drizzt joined him. Sounds of battle sounded from the side passages of every intersection they crossed. Gwen Hyver's keen senses kept them along the clearest route, though the panther had no way of knowing which way was out. Still, whatever lay in any direction could only be an improvement over the horrors that they had just left. A mind flare jumped out of the corridor just after Gwen Hyver crossed the intersection. The creature hadn't seen the panther and faced Drizzt and Belwar fully. Drizzt threw the Swift Neblin down and dived into a headlong roll toward his adversary, expecting to be blasted before he ever got close. But when the drow came up out of the roll and looked up, his breath came back in a profound sigh of relief. The mind flare lay face down on the stone, Gwenhyver comfortably perched atop its back. Drizzt moved to his feline companion as Gwenhyver casually finished the grim business, and Belwar soon joined them. Anger, dark elf! The Shurfnebden remarked. Drizzt looked at him curiously. I believe anger can fight back against their blasts, Belwar explained. One got me up on the stairs, but I was so mad, I hardly noticed. Perhaps I am mistaken, but... No, Drizzt interrupted, remembering how little he had been affected, even at close range when he'd gone to retrieve his scimitars. He had been in the thralls of his alter-ego then, the darker, maniacal side that he so desperately had tried to leave behind. The Illithid's mental assault had been all but useless against the hunter. "'You are not mistaken,' Drizzt assured his friend. "'Anger can beat them, or at least slow the effects of their mind assaults.' "'Then get mad!' Belwar growled as he signaled Gwenhyver ahead. Drizzt threw his supporting arm back under the Burrow Warden's shoulder and nodded his agreement with Belwar's suggestion. The drow realized, though, that blind rage such as Belwar was speaking of could not be consciously created. Instinctive fear and anger might defeat the Illithids, but Drizzt, from his experiences with his alter-ego, knew these were emotions brought on by nothing short of desperation and panic. The small party crossed through several more corridors, through a large, empty room, and down yet another passage. Slowed by the limpings for Fnedlin, they soon heard heavy footsteps closing in from behind. Too many illithids, Driz remarked, looking back over his shoulder. Slaves, Belwar reasoned. Foop! An attack sounded from behind them. Foop! Foop! The sounds came to them, followed by several thuds and groans. Slaves once again, Driz said grimly. The pursuing footsteps came on again, this time sounded more like a light shuffle. Faster, Driz cried, and Belwar needed no prompting. They ran on, thankful for every turn in the passage, for they feared that the Illithids were only steps behind. They then came into a large and high hall. Several possible exits came into view, but one, a set of large iron doors, held their attention keenly. 
Between them and the doors was a spiraling iron stairway, and on a balcony not so far loomed a mind flare. He'll cut us off, Belwar reasoned. The footsteps came louder from behind. Belwar looked back toward the waiting Illithid curiously when he saw a wide smile cross the drow's face. The deep gnome, too, grinned widely. Gwenhyver took the spiraling stairs in three mighty bounds. The Illithid wisely fled along the balcony and off into the shadows of adjoining corridors. The panther did not pursue, but held a high, guarding position above Drizzt and Belwar. Both the drow and the Shrifnedlin called their thanks as they passed, but their elation turned sour when they arrived at the doors. Drizzt pushed hard, but the portal would not budge. "'Locked!' he cried. "'Not for long!' growled Belwar. The enchantment had expired in the deep gnome's mithril hands, but he charged ahead anyway, pounding his hammer hand against the metal. Drizzt moved behind the deep gnome, keeping a rear guard and expecting the illithids to enter the hall at any moment. "'Hurry, Belwar!' he begged. Both mithril hands worked furiously at the doors. Gradually, the lock began to loosen and the doors opened just an inch. "'Maiga Kamara, dark elf!' the burrow warden cried. A bar it is that holds them on the other side. Damn, Drizzt spat, and across the way, a group of several mind flares entered the hall. Belwar did not relent. His hammer hand smashed at the door again and again. The Illithids crossed the stairway, and Gwenhyver sprang into their midst, bringing the whole group tumbling down. At that horrible moment, Drizzt realized that he did not have the Ankh's figurine. The hammerhand banged the metal in rapid succession, widening the gap between the doors. Belwar pushed his pickaxe hand through in an uppercut motion and lifted the bar from its locking clasps. The door swung wide. Come quickly! The deep gnome yelled to Drizzt. He hooked his pickaxe hand under the drow's shoulder to pull him along, but Drizzt shrugged away the hold. Gwenhyver! Drizzt cried. Whoop! The evil sound came repeatedly from the pile of bodies. Gwenhyver's reply came as more of a helpless wail than a growl. Driz's lavender eyes burned with rage. He took a single stride back toward the stairway before Belwar figured out the solution. Wait! The Shrifnibblin called, and he was truly relieved when Driz turned about to hear him. Belwar thrust his hip toward the drow and tore open his belt pouch. Use this! Driz pulled out the Ankh's figurine and dropped it at his feet. Be gone, Gwenhyver! he shouted. Go back to the safety of your home. Drizzt and Belwar couldn't even see the panther amid the throngs of illithids, but they sensed the mind flare's sudden distress even before the telltale black mist appeared around the Ankh's figurine. As a group, the illithids spun toward them and charged. Get to the other door! Belwar cried. Drizzt had grabbed the figurine and was already moving in that direction. The iron portal slammed shut and Drizzt worked to replace the locking bar. Several clasps on the outside of the door had been broken under the Burrow Warden's ferocious assault, and the bar was bent, but Driz managed to set it in place securely enough to at least slow the Illithids. "'The other slaves will be trapped,' Driz remarked. "'Goblins and great dwarves, mostly,' Belwar replied. "'And Clacker.' Belwar threw his arms out helplessly. "'I pity them all,' groaned Driz, sincerely horrified at the prospect.' Nothing in all the world can torture more than the mental clutches of a mind flare. Aye, dark elf, whispered Belwar. The illithid slammed into the doors and Drizzt pushed back, further securing the lock. Where do we go? 
Belwar asked from behind him, and when Driz turned and surveyed the long and narrow cavern, he certainly understood the Burrow Warden's confusion. They spotted at least a dozen exits, but between them and every one rushed a crowd of terrified slaves or a group of illithids. Behind them came another heavy thud, and the doors creaked open several inches. Just go! Drizzt shouted, pushing Belwar along. They charged down a wide stairway and then out across the broken floor, picking a route that would get them as far from the stone castle as possible. We're danger on all sides! Belwar cried. Slave and flayer alike! Let them beware! Drizzt retorted, his scimitars leading the way. He slammed a coblin down with the hilt of one blade as it stumbled into his way, and a moment later sliced the tentacles from the face of an illithid as it began to suck the brain from a recaptured Durgar. Then another former slave, a bigger one, jumped in front of Drizzt. The drow rushed it headlong, but this time he stayed his scimitars. Clacker! Belwar yelled behind Drizzt. Back of the cavern! The hook horrors panted, its grumbled words barely decipherable. The best exit! Lead on! Belwar replied excitedly, his hopes returning. Nothing would stand against the three of them united. When the burrow warden started after his giant hook horror friend, however, he noticed that Drizzt wasn't following. At first, Belwar feared that a mind blast had caught the drow, but when he returned to Drizzt's side, he realized otherwise. Atop another of the many wide stairways that ran through the many-tiered cavern, a single slender figure moved through a group of slaves and illithids alike. "'By the gods!' Belwar muttered in disbelief, for the devastating movements of this single figure truly frightened the deep gnome. The precise cuts and deft twists of the twin swords were not at all frightening to Drizduarden. Indeed, to the young dark elf, they rang with a familiarity that brought an old ache to his heart." He looked at Belwar blankly and spoke the name of a single warrior who could fit those maneuvers, the only name that could accompany such magnificent swordplay. Zach Nefane.